This is part two of the Avengers Endgame spoiler review with Jose, Wolfie, ASAP Balrog, Metatron, this is Walt, and Elias. So in our last episode, we dealt with our impressions, uh, some of our favorite moments of the Avengers Endgame and stuff. And we now got into a little bit of what happened with the Avengers confronting Thanos and that first act. Uh, Jose, where do we go from here? Okay, so after that totally out of nowhere first act where nobody predicted what the heck was going on, I thought Thanos was going to kick the crap out of them in that first act. And that was going to be the, the, the catalyst or the problem that they had to overcome somehow for the rest of the movie, getting their butt kicked by Thanos again. Uh, and then maybe doing the whole time travel thing. But after that, out of nowhere, first act, we jump to the second act, which is a five-year time jump, which is something that was semi-predicted on the internet. There were a lot of a lot of thoughts of there being a five to ten-year time jump. There were the rumors of Tony having a daughter in this movie, which obviously would require a time jump. Um, but we jump to five years later, and we finally get the payoff that we kind of all have been waiting for uh, with Ant-Man and the Wasp, with Ant-Man emerging from the quantum realm. And I want to say something about that scene. So I thought about it and I was like, why in the world would they have a rat or a mouse exactly. have Ant-Man escape from, from the quantum realm? I think that was a mini Disney style Easter egg. Maybe not, but it's like, why would they think of that particular animal? A mouse? The house of mouse. That could be out of nowhere. Disney broke them out. But like, yeah. <laughs> Disney saved the universe. But they should have put a cute. Did you say that yesterday? I think Meta said that yesterday. No, I don't. I don't. I didn't even make that connection. I don't. I don't think so. But uh, I I, I must have heard it somewhere else because you know, like I said, yeah. I went on a YouTube binge afterwards. Disney isn't the cleanest mouth these days. Yeah, Disney isn't the cleanest mouth these days. Well, I mean, what are we talking about? Like, we even took an aside quickly in the movie about the that political cartoon from a couple of years yeah, ago. We're yeah, jumping yeah. off topic for you for a second, but for those of you who recognize it, it's basically a picture of Mickey Mouse as like the, the freaking Gestapo. There's like a statue yeah. of him. There's like these these Mickey Mouse like uh, there are these Mickey Mouse like soldiers in like this armor that looks like kind of uh, Nazi-esque uh, and it's like this you this 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 like post apocalyptic like society basically where Mickey Mouse seems to have taken over the world. So and, and then even knowing that, we were like, this is exactly why they've taken over the world. Because even knowing that Disney owns basically all of our childhoods, we still paid money to go see that movie yesterday. Yep. But they won. As many people did. Yes. Well, as basically everybody on Earth did. So the second act. Um, all right. So I really liked basically the, the way that they jumped into the time travel in that second act. I kind of all thought they were going to go into one specific mission together. And that's what I think kind of worked best about the way that they turned it into like a heist movie. Cause they all had their own separate heists to pull separate off separate missions. Um, so for basic setup, they sent back, uh, it was captain America, Ant-Man and the Hulk were sent back to 2012 and Avengers Iron and, and Iron Man. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Iron Man got sent back to 2012 <laughs> Avengers Sorry. to New York to so you find two of the Infinity Stones, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, or three right. of the Infinity Stones. They were going two. back for yeah two. 
They were going the back to the Tesseract and the Mind Stone. And the Mind Stone. No, 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 no three. The Time Stone. The Time Stone. Oh, oh yes, yes, that's right. Yes, oh, that's right. Yes, yes. What and about that moment? Yes, exactly. What do you guys what do you guys think about that moment so, with, uh, with the ancient one returning? So here, here's what I'm gonna say about this. This is the one rare case where a movie goes back in time to um directly uh talk about another movie and make that movie better. Because a lot of the yes. a lot of the questions yes. and we were we were watching that on that that YouTube video today that you had put us on, mm -hmm. Jose, um, where everybody was asking where are the sorcerer supremes in this, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens? They directly reference that because there is an entire scene between Professor Hulk and the Ancient One, and you see her fighting off the um, Chitauri. the Chitauri, right? Mm -hmm. In in that scene, so. You know, for all the questions that you had about that, you you already know what's going on and stuff. So that that's that to me makes some of those other older movies so much better and stuff. And the whole scene between the Angel One and the Hulk opens up possibilities for the future of the MCU going forward. But we'll get into that a little bit later and stuff. Um, Meta, what do you, what do you think about that whole Battle of New York retcon scene? You know. Everything that was going on there. Even, I, want, I want to say something to you really quick, too, because I want you to give me your opinion on this. Because to me, this is one of the most kind of open-ended moments in that whole scene. What the heck happens to Loki? And, and scene. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we're going to get <laughs> into all of that stuff. Before we even get yeah. there. Because that was cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really liked the part where Tony just said, dude, time travel is literally impossible. You cannot do this. How many minutes later? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> well, but remember, I swear time travel. Remember, yeah, I know he did that. But remember, what was the reason that? that I know why you know, he didn't want to do it. No, but the reason that caused him to go forward, right? Because there was a scene where you know he was dead set against it because obviously now he has the family. You know, now he's. It's a different. It's a different thing for him now. Exactly. It's a different thing for him now where, you know, he actually has something to fight for and live for. And to retcon everything by undoing the snap, that really puts his future, you know, um, in jeopardy. And he now is married. He has a daughter, mm -hmm. you know, so. He has a happy life. A relaxing I, I, life I don't, I don't think know? that he, that his, uh. That his fear was that he was gonna undo everything. I think his fear was just that he was gonna, you know, try and well, then did, die. But he did you know? say, "I'm only gonna do this if we undo everything, but don't change this." Present, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. That that's was true. Uh, that was like his he's only been thing. like, yeah. His thing was like, you know, uh, like if we could bring everybody back, great. If it's a possibility, but not without. Changing right, it's, it's his current. It can't be yeah. one or the other. It has to be one and the other. One and then maybe the other. Right, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. but the thing that started him down that path, right, was looking at that picture on his mantle. And which one was that? It was with him and uh, Peter Parker. Peter Parker, right. And so, him having the feelings and calling back to what you said, Wolfie. Now he's the father figure, yeah. right? He yeah. feels some responsibility yeah. for Peter Parker. Yeah. Not just as a friend, not but now it's like you know what, I took care of this kid. I mentored him and stuff like that. I have a responsibility to try and bring him back. You know, this is not just some random kid. This is his quote unquote kid, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's part of it. And like you said, he, you know, 
he went from, no, nah, I'm not doing this, to, okay, I figured it out. Just scratching the itch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, and he also had that great scene with Pepper Potts, right, where he's working on it. She's paying no attention to him, and he's trying to get her to see what's going on. And what does he do? He finally has to say, I figured it out. <laughs> Right. I wonder what book she was reading. She mentioned it too. That's probably a, an Easter egg that we haven't even thought about too. So the next time I see it, I want to I want to check out what book she was reading when they had that conversation. Um, what other what other impressions do we have from that this so, second yeah. scene? Because we got a whole lot of high stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah. So there. retouching on what happened with the Battle of New York, I know I certainly got hyped up when they were starting to steal the Tesseract. And then the S.H.I.E.L.D. slash actually HYDRA agents showed up. After that scene in the elevator, which was pretty cool, even I thought, like, I knew that was a thing in the comics, but I did not in a million years see that coming. Like, um, (laughs) and then giving Tony, like, when they get there and... They're actually going to, they are almost getting the Tesseract out of there. Mm -hmm. They hatch that plan. Hey, let's uh, give me a heart attack, apparently. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That'll be fine. too, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Him him dying. And then Hulk comes in and kind of messes it up. (laughs) No stairs! (laughs) Hulk don't want to take stairs. And then, because Ant-Man was able to maneuver it away from the crowd where Tony, past Tony, was having that heart attack. And future Tony got it and was starting to run away. But then Hulk slammed it with the door coming out of the stairwell, (laughs) and then the suitcase went right on back to where a conveniently placed Loki was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then he just grabs the Tesseract, Dan. So let's let's frame that scene real quick, because... The, the Hulk, that's a direct callback to the Battle of, of New York where they they actually captured Loki, right? Yeah. yeah. And so they have the scene where future Tony Stark is there with past Tony Stark and he's, he's looking at the scene after Avengers. Yes. Where the iconic shot of Loki and he's looking up and all of a sudden he sees all the adventures on screen. Hawkeye pointing pointing the arrow and all that good stuff. So they show the aftermath of that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. comes in and they're saying, okay, well, we gotta gotta take Loki into custody and they start getting into the elevator, right? (laughs) Yeah. So all the Avengers are walking into the elevator. Hulk, like, he tries to go and they're like, whoa, 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 no, weight capacity, buddy. You gotta (laughs) take the stairs. And he gets mad. He punches the door, and he's like, "I gotta take the stairs" or something like that, right? Yeah. So Hulk, the Hulk, Hulk takes stairs. stairs. Hulk no takes stairs. Exactly. So that leads into that scene where he he actually gets down to the lobby and screws everything up for future Avengers. Yeah. I thought the Hulk was just gonna like jump out the window or something and like jump all the way down. He actually took the stairs. So okay, okay. To me, that sets up the question though, because. We all know that there's a Loki TV show coming out. He's alive. No. Right. You're not dissuading. He is alive. Right. So what about what do you what do you guys think? Meta ASAP. Your impression of the whole scene where Loki basically disappears. Is this a setup for his TV show? Is he gonna come out of that timeline and enter into the main Marvel timeline? Is it gonna be an alternate universe? This is a little um, getting into theory areas over here, I but think you gotta that, start thinking about that stuff. 
So here's the thing. I think that him leaving with the Tesseract, because that was not revisited at all. No. I think that will definitely cause That's an, an open alternate threat. universe. That's an open threat. Secondly, um, oh crap, what was I going to say? Oh. Kind of like the what if Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's interesting because we've seen how Loki's evolved from, okay, so we have Avengers, but then we had Thor the Dark World, mm-hmm. then we had Thor Ragnarok, then we had Infinity War. Mm-hmm. That's all gone now. Yeah, he's no longer. He is back as, to his old self. Yeah, he's not a good guy anymore. Or let, whatever. Let's think about Trust that him. because what, what are the rules of time travel as outlined by. Um, the Avengers in this movie. Well, as, as was mentioned, it's kind of like Dragon Ball. You have to. So okay, the the let's 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 put it this way. The Ancient One basically explains in the scene with Professor Hulk that it, you know it's all well and good that you want to save your reality, but if you take the stones from my reality, you're going to end up ruining our reality. Um, the only way that they kind of figure out how not to do that, which we find out later on in the movie, or which Professor Hulk, I guess, theorizes, uh, and the ancient one eventually ends up agreeing, is if you take the stones, you have to return them to the exact moment where they were removed, right? So what, they, what they're doing with this whole scene to me is setting up the possibility that, that I always thought they were going to set up where they actually do start exploring the Marvel multiverse. I mean, you I feel like you have to go down that road because that's what part of Marvel Comics is. It's all, all about the multiversal conflict. Especially in the last few, like the last 10 to 15 years, you guys should know, like almost every event is a multiversal event. The Secret Wars, the Thanos Imperative with the Cancerverse, um, just all of it, all of it, okay? Like if I start listing them off, they're all basically like having to do with multiple universes. So to me, that's kind of setting that stuff up too. Um, but I guess besides all of that, what do we think that this is going to end up somehow affecting? I guess my, my best question is this. Mm-hmm. Is Loki going to somehow end up returning to and affecting the main Marvel timeline, in your guys' opinion? I think it will because if we're going by that logic, a real, uh, an Infinity Stone has been displaced from the timeline. It was not supposed to go with Loki. Mm-hmm. So by default, that should create an alternate universe. And it was the Mind Stone, was it not? No, it, it was, was the, the Space Tesseract. Stone. The Space Stone. Yeah. Yes, okay. So, well, they also had, yeah, though, I'm sorry, they did have the Mind Stone. That was the Scepter. Mm-hmm. My only problem with their whole time theory is the first part of the movie was basically saying Back to the Future is crap. But the part with the Hulk... They kind of resorted back to that thinking. The whole movie was basically Back to the Future. If you think about it, yeah. they made fun of it. But that's kind of like what the, where the plot ended up going. Because you have that scene, the 2012 Avengers scene. But we should definitely talk a little bit more about the other scenes on the other planets too. Because you have the scene where they where Thor, Lebowski, Thor, returns to the events of Thor the Dark World. Uh, oh, and by the way, that scene in the first act was hilarious where he tried to explain the, this plot of, uh, of Thor the Dark <laughs> oh, <laughs> Like a Lebowski scene. And they actually tried him to make him stop and he, he couldn't do it. And tell me, wasn't Scott Lang's uh, face priceless during yeah. that? <laughs> Scott Lang's face was priceless in a lot of scenes, especially with those tacos. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a friend of mine sent me a uh, spoilers with no context uh, t- uh, 
meme also, and one of them is just the guy holding two tacos. Um, but then you, so you have that high scene when it ends up being really, really comedic. What did you guys enjoy the most about that particular scene? Did you did, like what were what were the interactions that you enjoyed the most about that scene? So before we get into um, Asgard, I think I want to go back just a little bit to talk about. Battle, the Battle of New York scene, the 2012 scene, because there are two other aspects of that scene that I think we haven't talked about and I think we should. So um, the first part would be... Captain America versus Captain America. Mm -hmm. um, so honestly, that was a good good fight. Um, Great. Very, very brutal. They fell off, like, how many feet? That was like... Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah like five, six stories. Exactly. And and it wasn't a straight fall. It was yeah. like bouncing off of yeah. walls and, and catways and stuff like that. You know, catwalks and stuff like that. Yeah. But my favorite part was at the very end where he says, well, I, I can't see this. So, um, ASAP. Oh, the running theme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's because of Ant-Man, right? Yep. Because that's America's ass, right? <laughs> now, but you know what? Seeing um, Captain America versus his past self was just like um, watching a Marvel version of the movie Us. It was very, um, very yeah. intriguing. And um, one of the turning points of that fight was when um, past Captain America had current Captain America in like somewhat of a chokehold. And then current Captain America said, Bucky's still alive. Uh. That was that was Marvel's Martha oh, moment. Right? Martha. That was that was their Martha. See, moment. but this one worked. Martha. Though. Yes, it did. This one really worked, did. right? And then, yeah, and the then past Cap, past Cap was like, wait, what? And then he somewhat released. Um, yeah, he punched him in the face, and then like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not just that, there was like Peggy's thing. I'm a father. Right. Yeah, the, the lock. How'd the you lock get this? Lock that's right. the Martha. That's right, because the uh, the old Captain Captain America, he thought that he was fighting Loki. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He was like, I, I got, like, I got, I got eyes on Loki. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's basically like, how did Loki get his hands on that in that moment? Like, not even that. I thought that was actually Loki. You thought yeah. that was actually Loki? The, the one who said, I got eyes on Loki. That would be a totally Loki thing to do. Like, I thought that was him at first. But then when I saw them squabbling over the, the personal items, I'm like, oh, wait, that's actually past Cap. Mm -hmm. They needed that moment in order to kind of, like, tie it together, have everyone figure it out. And to give the the character the the idea that hey wait a minute maybe this is like isn't all what it seems that gives me another idea though because what if some of the movies that they go into in the future explore that timeline that timeline where Loki escaped where they lost the the tesseract where the Hulk ends up like screwing up their whole heist that timeline could be explored in future movies too as a possibility um, I don't know what like. Talk about the line though, because he he does drop a famous line. I could do this all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that was cool too. Though, <laughs> because all day. I like I like, like how yeah, the, I know you can. You Captain America like hated that basically. That was pretty freaking awesome. Oh, basically, so him admitting like I don't know how to beat myself. Exactly. <laughs> so we we had that scene, and then there's a, another scene that we had to deal with. That was the. The Hulk. So, so they they just arrive in New York, I believe, and uh, they're they're going across, and they eventually go to Hulk. Like, dude, I don't think you can really look like that. That's not Hulk. And then he's like, oh, okay. So, um, and then they see for an instant 
the re- the the past told go by and start smashing crap, <laughs> especially with the but one guy. Yeah, really, right? really. Especially yeah. with he the one Chikari. He dumps him on the ground. Yeah. Takes the what was it? Takes a car. It was a car, right? Yeah, yeah. A car. Smashes it and then jumps. And then the jumps on top of it like he's like ah. <laughs> and everybody looks at, at, at Hulk, at Professor Hulk. And right? then he and then he walks into the scene and he's like, okay, so I gotta replicate this anger to make this work. Yeah. <laughs> Smashes the top of that car. No, I like I like the moment just before that though, when they were like, Well, you gotta take your shirt off, basically. He's like, uh, I think it's gratuitous, but whatever. <laughs> that was really, really an awesome scene too. That was one of my favorite little Professor Hulk moments among the ones that I enjoyed in that Tony. movie for sure. We're doing a shot, guys, by the way, to a character that shall remain nameless until we get to the end of Oh, that, that feels good, right? Yeah, same here. I'm doing a Woo! shot. Yeah. Woo! Okay. Okay. <laughs> Relax, oh, that. You're doing okay. a shot of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just had a shot of ice oh, cream, and then I threw it out. <laughs> to the MCU. Perhaps we'll have another one in a moment. What? I, I said don't do that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. What are the other cool throwbacks in that scene that you guys like? Cool moments, cool Easter eggs. So I'm I'm just gonna say one thing, and then this is a one very tiny criticism, and it's just because of my. Uh, okay, <laughs> hold on, Wolfie's having a convulsion. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Come on, I think I'm Indian man. Come on, you know, go on, go on. So this is my one very, 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 very. Very, very tiny criticism, and I know you mentioned it before, but it has to it has to do with Professor Hulk. Mm-hmm. And so I am a big Hulk fan, but I like my Hulks a certain way. You like your World Breaker and your World War. I like my Hulks mean. I like my Hulks crazy. I like my Hulks rage filled. I like my Hulks uncontrollable. And now, listen, Professor Hulk is a great character in the film. Like I, like you said before, the scene in the diner is priceless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Professor Hulk freaking did a dab. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But especially that scene in 2012 where he comes out and you see the original Hulk, the Hulk that I love, where he just goes berserk on that one Chitari, uh, right? For no reason. For no reason other than, <laughs> like you know what? He's dead already, exactly. bro. Like, just gotta pound him into submission, right? Just mad. At, at least get him through through the floor into China and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? But then you see Professor Hulk, and he does the thing where he smashes the. Thing. He doesn't even smash. He touches the top of the thing, and he goes, Arr! and he takes a, a what was it? A motorcycle. Yeah, he takes a motorcycle and stuff like that. You know, I, I I just you know, and what what happens later on in the film which we spoke about before where we were expecting a certain scene to happen and never did. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a letdown in terms of what I like my hug for. And again, that's just my personal opinion. You know, I, I have a very, I have a love for the Hulk, you know, um, but that to me was kind of like a little bit of a disappointment, even though I, the character itself was good. I, I, I have to disagree. I think that like, I think that that scene was perfect where it was placed. Mm-hmm. It's just that we never got like the payoff. We never got the payoff by never seeing another Hulk smash, right? right? Exactly. You know? So like you know? it was cool. Like I love seeing Professor Hulk, and I love seeing that. Like, hey, I'm not an angry Hulk anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a nice guy, and this and the other. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the old Hulk, which is cool because it's you know Mark Ruffalo like taking over control, right? Right. But there still should have been like you know a let loose Hulk. 
Yeah, you know? and, and like I said, and we're gonna talk more about like that when we get to the third act. It was it's just my personal opinion because yeah. I have a, a I think specific be like bias a lot to of people's it, opinion. You know what I'm saying? If um, anything, I understand that because if you think about it, what we talked about in terms of how Professor Hulk was portrayed in this movie, it's not really Hulk's character anymore. It's Bruce Banner's character. Yeah, now. yeah, right, exactly. It's Bruce Banner that looking like Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just having the strength of Hulk, but like Hulk Banner. all Banner's mind basically being involved in the storyline that he goes through in this movie. And he was noticeably smaller than the other. Uh, supposed to be other. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? He, he, but, is he weaker though? I thought, I thought only the Grey Hulk was weaker. He's right. still as strong. Yeah, he? I think so. I think he still has all the powers. He just has the combination of the smarts along with it also. But you remember that you know? he grows in size the angrier he gets. Would we ever see that? Because now Banner's fully in control, so you know he won't let himself yeah. get that angry yeah. like that. Yeah, I know. Ah, I know. But remember, that's the secret. He's always angry. Maybe yeah. not anymore, though. Maybe that's the thing. Now <laughs> yeah, that he has control, he's, he's just not angry anymore. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. But away we go, and this time on the Bifrost to 2012 Asgard? It was 2013 Asgard, I think. When did Thor yeah, the Dark World come out? Or 2014. It was 2014. Thor the Dark World was released in 2013. 2013. Yes, 2013. So we go to 2013 Asgard a year after Avengers New York City. Yes. That was, wow. <laughs> that was like the good comic relief scene, right? Like, just oh, the way Rocket and Thor played off each other, and he was, like, he was a wreck on Asgard. <laughs> like, you imagine all the things that's happened since Thor the Dark World. The the death of his mom, that was a big one. Uh the, Which he went back to the same day that that happened. Yeah. Let's set up, let's set up the scene. Let's yeah. set up the scene real quick, and then I'll let you jump on. Yeah. So, the scene is basically they're going to, to take... The ether, uh, which is which of the stones? I always get these confused. Reality. The reality yeah, stone. stone. Thank you. I do get the stones confused a little bit for somebody that's a big MCU fan. But okay, so they return to 2013 Asgard, the scene of Thor: The Dark World, on the day that Thor's mother dies, and the plot is what they're basically trying to, as they as they say, remove the Kool Aid from uh, Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster. Foster. Yeah, Jane Foster. Because um, in the events of Thor: The Dark World, as we know, she basically absorbs the ether. Um, so their plot is basically that Fat Lebowski Thor is going to go over and seduce or distract Jane Foster, so that Rocket could basically stick some weird device like in her butt and steal the ether out of her body. <laughs> Not in, but like on her butt cheek. On a butt cheek. That's what I meant. <laughs> Not in, but on. Um, so he's supposed to seduce her. In his outfit of in the Lebowski outfit, outfit, (laughs) (laughs) so that sets the stage for that scene basically. And I will say, just to and I'll throw off to somebody else, one of my favorite moments of that scene very easily was when Rocket had almost convinced Thor to go through with the plan. He was like, You just got to go talk to her for a couple seconds. And like, I'll do my thing. I'll like take the ether from her, and then we can get the heck out of here. And you get. You get Thor basically like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can't do this, and then disappears <laughs> from like the nerves of like having to deal with seeing his mom again, seeing his ex-girlfriend again, basically dealing with the events of that day all over again. And the death of the planet that he's never ever gonna see again. 
what I want to did, did we we saw Loki in that scene too, didn't we? Yeah, because we right? saw him he, twice. He, he was, was like laying the, down or something. He was right? in the cell. Yes, he was in the cell. He was in the and cell. They you, him. you see, yeah, uh, Duthor and Rocket scurry really quickly in front of the cell <laughs> while he's throwing the ball. Yes, know? yes. So that's the setup for that scene. So that was one of my like most enjoyable moments of that particular scene. So I can throw it back to you, Meta. What what else did you like about that particular setup in that scene? Yeah, I was basically going to say that. He's just like, you can do this, man. Yeah, no. Okay, goodbye. And then he runs into his mom, Frigga. Mm-hmm. That was a Frigga. really touching scene. Like, to see that she she even knew that he was from the future. I know. Yeah. Like, that was but I mean, how could you not tell? Though, right? yeah. All of a sudden, your son has a raggedy beard, and he's, like, gained 50 pounds. <laughs> she mentioned that she was, like, a witch or something like that? She right? was raised by witches. Oh, she was raised that's by how, witches. That's how she was able to tell that he was from the future, I guess, beyond the obvious visual yeah. references to him so being Asgard, from somewhere else. Asgard has witches. Well, of course. I mean, I, I don't know much about uh, Asgardian mythology, but... Um, and, uh, okay, I'm not even gonna get into that. <laughs> so, and then, so like I said, just the rocket. He was almost there, but he failed. But it was the scene, the, the interaction with his mom that really pushed him, and that was an amazing moment, at least for me. With when it comes to Thor, there was another moment. Also, uh, I'm just gonna hint at it, and I'm gonna let somebody else describe it real quick. You guys remember this moment in the movie when uh, Thor was just basically standing there in the past, reaches out, what comes to him? That ends up in a big payoff later on in the movie, right? Oh, my gosh. Come on. Somebody somebody jump in and help me out with this one. Come on, guys. Uh, (laughs) Mjolnir. He gets Mjolnir back. Yeah. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. But what happens to (laughs) Mjolnir in that timeline? That's well, what I'm saying. Kind of that broke back. so no, many timelines. Back. Huh? It comes back. How does it come back in that timeline? Oh, Captain America. When at the very end, the Infinity Stones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get and, and I had, I had oh, an God. issue with Sorry, it. Sorry, guys. No, I had an issue with it, but um, Metatron put me straight on that <laughs> as to how it gets back. But we'll okay. get into that later. Okay, cool. You know? yeah. So that was an awesome moment, right, when he... He basically summons Mjolnir. He looks so happy. That's the first time you've seen Thor happy in like two movies. When he gets Mjolnir back. Because even when he was, he's with his mom, it's like bittersweet. You can see like kind of like the, the rim of tears. Like, oh man, this is the last time I'm going to get to see my mom again. It was cool to see her again, but it's also bittersweet. So, um, ASAP, you, do, you, do you understand the, the significance of him getting back the hammer? He's still qualified to rule Asgard. Well, but there's there's more is a more important thing because I think this may be this may have happened in a movie that you haven't seen. Have you seen Ragnarok yet? No, I have not. Okay, um, that should be next on your agenda. Yeah, that, no, because no, that was it, hilarious. It, 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 yeah, that was oh, a really was awesome. funny one. You know yeah, what I'm it was probably the funny one of the funniest one next to Guardians. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was even funnier than Guardians of the Galaxy personally, but there is a, there is a reason why he has such an affinity and he has such joy. And getting the hammer back, and it's directly attributed to the events that happened in Ragnarok. Okay. So um, I'm not going to spoil it for you if you're going to watch it, um, but it, it there is a very specific reason why he's happy getting the hammer back at that point. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yes. For Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So anyway, going forward, um, what else? What else do we have to talk about in Asgard? The Soul Stone. 
Okay, so we're, yeah, we're moving on to song. So, um, oh, Morag is next. Morag is next. Morag and Vormir. A year later, right? Morag and Vormir. Because that was, that was around 2014. The time. 2014. Yeah, yeah I think a, so. That's the last part of the heist, right? Yep. Yeah, Morag those two. That is, the, things, yeah. that is the gut punch yeah. of that. Which, that which stones are they getting there? Gut power is the last two, right? The gut punch of Act 2. Yes. So each act has its own government. Oh, crap. Basketball. Yeah, well, Mor Morag was where they got the power, the power, and Vormir was where they got the soul. So, right? So uh, Morag deals with Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's a that's a huge... That's oh, probably, yeah, that's that's probably one of the most one. pivotal scenes of the first yeah. two acts, besides when Thanos like mm -hmm. gets his head lopped off. Mm -hmm. So who wants to jump on this one and give us a little bit of setup for it? So now into Morag. Um... One of the best parts about this sequence was because when you see Guardians of the Galaxy, it, it, you're very into the moment when Peter Quill's going up to find the Power Stone in the temple. But then you get taken out of that because it's not from his perspective anymore. It's from the perspective of War Machine and Nebula because they're going after the Power Stone also. And they're just watching him dancing to his tunes. <laughs> we don't even hear the tunes anymore. And they're just looking at him like, Wow, he's an idiot. What was the two and then was, uh, like, come and get yeah. your love, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then just the way the the way Rhodey approached the whole thing, like when they got to the to the power stone chamber, like, whoa, you don't just walk in. Once you go into the, the temple of the power stone, you're gonna find like booby traps coming out of the wall. <laughs> Basically an Indiana Jones reference. Yeah, I love that because in Guardians of the Galaxy it was played off totally like an Indiana Jones scene, and then they like really gave this a good callback in this movie where they made fun of it, kind of, but they also were hyper-aware of it. Kind of like how they were making fun of Back to the Future, but yeah. the movie kind of ended up being plot-wise, hitting some of the same points as Back to the Future. So yeah, and cool. this is where, I, I think, this is where it really gets Back to the future if I remember correctly, because because once Nebula retrieves the Power Stone in a very badass manner, mm -hmm. Something interesting that. happens that no one will have seen for a mile. Yeah. Like, wow. That was an awesome way to kind of set up the final so conflict. Mm -hmm. the, way awesome Nebula, the way Nebula works is apparently she's on this network. Mm -hmm. And she's, this she's network <laughs> is directly tied to Thanos and his forces. Mm-hmm. So something weird happens where past Neb like apparently when future Nebula went to the past, she started sharing the network of that time with past Nebula also. <laughs> and then past Nebula started spazzing out like, oh my God, what's happening to me? And I guess this is like time saying, okay, so you're going to do this? Well, this, yeah, is this is going to be the repercussions. There were too many people connected to that two and a half gigahertz network, basically. Slow yeah. everything down. <laughs> One, two. <laughs> What's the password for that Wi-Fi? Yeah, network? they must have had the same password, <laughs> I guess. Come on, Nebula, you don't change your password after five years? Come on. Or after ten years at that point. Well, right? yeah. to be fair, she thought she was done with that. Yeah. So what reason would she have to be this? No, I'm kidding. No, but that still was yeah, kind of like... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. That still was kind of an awesome way to set that whole thing up. Yeah, and just... Because of that one little thing, Thanos of the past gets set onto this. Because through Nebula, he's able to see future Nebula's memories via this network and see 
everything that unfolds. And that reintroduces the awesome main villain of Thanos. Because when he died, I was like, what the hell are they going to do after this? Yeah, and, and you get full power Thanos because the, the Thanos that they killed at the beginning severely was weakened. A, a diminished Thanos. So mm -hmm. now you're getting full power Thanos. Right. The second snap to destroy the stones he mentions almost killed him. Right. Uh, I do want to say, just as like a, a behind-the-scenes kind of shout-out, I want to actually give Karen Gillan, the actress who plays Nebula, a shout-out. Because to me, she this was definitely her best movie for her character. Yeah. To me, she pulled off a really, really awesome character arc where like she's, she somehow went all the way back to the beginning of her character, which ended up being part of the conflict, which was influenced by the character in the future which was influenced by Pascamora, like the way that she kind of pulled off all the emotional notes for this performance well and and to me like the reason that it was so much more awesome is she's very robotic by her obvious nature and still you felt for her in those moments you felt for her in those character moments so for me that part of that scene obviously because it also sets up the conflict was super super awesome and i have to give that actress like a super huge shout out cuz a lot of people had a lot of great things and important things to pull off in this movie but that was really uh, deserves a shout out for me. so now to conclude morag mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. basically happens is they get the time stone mm -hmm. and they're about to phase out back to where they're supposed to meet up and rendezvous with the event present place present time rody goes with the power stone Nebula doesn't. <laughs> he gets basically like an aneurysm, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then Thanos arrives. And, oh my god. What they basically do is they torture Nebula. The uh, future Nebula. Oh god. Yeah, we gotta specify. And yeah. then past Nebula goes back to the future in her place, <laughs> working for Thanos. Just by replacing a panel on her head to make yep. her look like the future Nebula. Like, oh my goodness gracious, that threw me for a loop. <laughs> like, and now that's that's basically going to conclude uh, the Morag sequence. Now I'm going to shift the Vormir sequence, which probably is the one of the bigger gut punches over to Asa. That's the emotional climax right there. Force, please. All right, so following the events on Morag, going into Vormir, we come across a scene that is reminiscent of what happened in the last Avengers movie, mm -hmm. Infinity War. Yep. Um, a very important villain, especially in the Captain Marvel universe. His name is Red Skull. Or the Captain America. Captain America. I said Captain Marvel? Yeah. As I was, Captain America. <laughs> America's ass. <laughs> uh, Red Skull, right? He's been condemned to Vormir to, um, I'm, guess, I'm guessing, to safeguard the, the Soul Stone. Is that it? A power that I could never myself achieve. Right. And, um, yeah, so Black Widow and Hawkeye. Black Widow and Hawkeye are, are, the, are the two that uh, go to Vormir to attain the Soul Stone. And then they come across Red Skull, and they come across a conflicting scenario that... In order to get the Soul Stone, they have to pay the price of sacrificing those they most cherish to attain the Soul Stone. Basically, a soul for a soul, as Red Skull stated. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they were um, they were conflicted and contemplating on who they should sacrifice. And, you know, it came down to um, either one of them. And they, I'm guessing they played rock, paper, scissors <laughs> to, uh, to decide this. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. And they um 
they were basically fighting each other physically, actually, to basically be the one to die, to sacrifice themselves in order to attain the soul stone so that the other may get it and return to the present. And um, it looked like Hawkeye had the advantage at first. Yeah. And um, the, the tide just kept turning, but it came down to Black Widow um, seizing Hawkeye on um, on a re repelling rope mm -hmm. um, hanging off the cliff mm -hmm. once Hawkeye jumped. And Hawkeye caught her arm and Black Widow told Hawkeye, let me go. And, you know, he doesn't want to let her go, but she kicked herself off, um, off the cliff and, um, released, um, had her grasp released from, um, from Hawkeye and it fell to her uh, demise. And Hawkeye, right. Mm -hmm. He retrieved yeah. the soul stone at the cost of Black Widow's life. And, um, I'm yeah. guessing we could I say that was the first right big... Now. That oh, was sad. That was, that was the second gut punch, right? I'm mm -hmm. guessing that we could sad. say that was the first big death of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. First big permanent death. Or at least of the hero movie. death, right? Because we yeah, had Thanos die. Right. The first big... But we don't know that was permanent. permanent. We don't know it's permanent because she has a movie, right? Has a movie coming we out, so we don't know yet. Yeah. That was still for now. probably be a prequel because... Remember, they, they it could be they it said, could be like a Captain America type thing. Yeah, yeah. but, but a death that wasn't caused by a decimation. Yeah. So and remember, they did say that um, <clears throat> Red Skull did say that you wouldn't be able to uh, bring her back no matter what. Yeah, he did say that, right? Right. Yeah, because soul for that soul. soul stone required the sacrifice. Yeah. And I want to say, like Loki, Red Skull is still alive. So. Yeah. I'm expecting to see him sometime in in the future. Well, according Wait, to the and events, I think he's a quality villain too, and his actor. Yeah, I mean, well, I love Hugo Weaving. I mean, you guys oh, know I saw God, the Matrix man. twelve freaking yeah, times, was man. Hugo Hugo Weaving. Oh, that's yeah. right. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. It, it was it was no. uh, the guy from um, Walking Dead. Something, Mark but still, but Ross really? Marquand. Mark but yeah. still, Hugo Weaving is a great you, actor. If you go the on fact YouTube, just type in the word Ross Marquand. This guy Incredible is impressions. amazing with impressions. He does what? So you know, you know what? Though? I did not think that that was not Hugo. Weaving. Even, even though it's not Hugo, Hugo Weaving, later. that's a testament to how awesome an actor Hugo, Hugo Weaving is. Because that guy didn't do his own interpretation. He's like, I'm gonna like basically copy his performance note for note. And yeah. apparently, he did it awesome. Had no idea. Nobody knew exactly. <laughs> a lot of people oh, didn't man. know. I didn't know when I first saw. But actually, I did. No, I did know when I saw Infinity War because I had read about it. But I don't think I would have known otherwise. Real quick. Is there a possibility that for the soul stone to exist, a soul had to be given an exchange, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Since the soul stone got destroyed, could Natalie come back? Uh, it's a possibility, but... Oh, certainly. That would mean but remember, well, Natalie and Gamora, maybe. We're bringing the soul stones back. I mean, all from the, the stones past. back from the past. So they're... I don't know, that, that because time, it's, it's totally weird me, now. You know what I'm let saying? Me, let me do yeah. my interjection as a recent reader of the recent rereader of the Soul Infinity World? Gauntlet comics. Soul World, actually, yes. 100, 100%. Like, mm -hmm. Because they did kind of hint at it in yeah. Infinity War. You see Gamora like as a child in Soul World. Thanos speaks to her as yeah. a child. Yeah. Yeah. So that, to me, if they're going to bring these characters back, that's really the only avenue you can take. I got to say also, not to cut you off, Jose, mm -hmm. I don't think Red Skull is condemned to Vormir anymore. No, he's not. I was going to say that, too. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that, too, but then we his, got on some other things. His penance is done. He's, yeah, he's released as soon as he gives the soul stone away to somebody. Because so at the events in Infinity the gate, War. He was the gatekeeper of that, but with that item of importance gone, he's 
he's out of the picture. You know, the Russos even confirmed it. They they even confirmed right. that now that he's given the Soul Stone away in Infinity War, he's free to do whatever the heck he wants. Oh, so he can return as a captain. No, maybe not. Well, yeah, he, can, he could return as a Captain America villain. We won't say why. He might want to just re- yet. He might want to rebuild and reinstate Hydra. Never know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and to me, that's kind of over the years. I didn't like him as a villain so much in Same. Captain America originally. And then, like, over the years, I started to like it more and more and more and more. Because he was super over the top, but then, like, you read the comics, yeah, Red Skull's just over the top in the comics, too, so. I mean, he's essentially Wait. just like a Hitler placeholder. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, extremely over the top. I mean, I never liked the Lord of Rivendell, but I like him as a villain. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't have to always be, like, the best character, but, like, as a villain, <laughs> he makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, he... <clears throat> this is a possibility, and this this is a theory, but... Remember how Shield is still in building? Mm-hmm. What if he takes that over and makes makes it Hydra? That chance. He could. Maybe maybe that's how it becomes Hydra in that timeline. Yeah. With all the right, right. with all the timeline stuff that ends up happening later with another certain yes. character, that that is actually more open yeah. to a possibility. Yeah. But maybe that's how TV it all stuff, It just totally it, it blows everything <laughs> up. You know. So we're we're, we're going into places crazy. Where these writers are gonna kill themselves to try to keep this continuity together, yeah, but it is possible. Hey, imagination is best. Exactly, it is a possibility. But obviously, like to me, as we as was noted by ASAP, that was like the big emotional climax in the first two acts, and it mm-hmm. was uh, it was very obvious but very appropriate that they had the same framing of showing Natasha dead as when Gamora jumped off that same cliff. No, I just want to say this one more time before we advance on to the second act. I, I want to mention how it's there's a conflicting balance of who has more to lose. So they want to get the stones back, right? Mm-hmm. Mind, mind you, Hawkeye has a family, like an actual family, like wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Natasha Romanoff does not. Yeah. And on top of that, she stated back in, um, in Age of Ultron, which is fresh in my mind, to Hulk that she was sterilized during her graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. For you know, in her sparrow program like training, yeah. <laughs> and um, so she doesn't she doesn't really have that much to lose like Hawkeye does. Hawkeye has something to reattain. She doesn't. You know what? That's a good point. So too. she's willing to give her life so that he and everyone like him can retake what they had. Well, that's what she had to lose, right? Her family was, was the Avengers. Avengers yeah. right. His but family had, was the one that had to but be that, returned. That's what I'm saying. So she for doesn't her, have a biological family of her own. Yeah. For her, for her, she wanted to help her family, which involved helping Hawkeye bring his biological family back. And I, I, I think have, that's I why have, it ended up. And the rest of the band. Mm-hmm. There is like a, a little sense of duality, too, though, if you guys think about it, right? Because to get the soul stone, it's got to be a soul for a soul. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it from Natalie's perspective, he saved her soul. So now it's her turn to give him his soul back yep. too so it's like still a soul for a soul so like that whole duality between like how to attain the actual soul stone and then also how to redeem herself it's really deep. you know it's still soul for a soul you right. know her soul for his soul to redeem not just you know remember like she's got a lot of red in her book i was you just know? about to say so that. like this is how she redeems herself this is how she gives up her soul for a soul mm-hmm. yeah. and, so, and like i said I, I you just hit right was that what i was about to say because her her whole arc has always been ever about redeeming herself yeah. all yeah. the actions that yeah. she had done prior to joining the avengers you know what i'm saying yeah. and just like you said there's a lot of red in her book this was her opportunity to redeem herself and you go back she was 
the leader of the Avengers, right, or whatever, whatever iteration yeah, it was. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah, keeping yeah. everything together, yeah. despite the fact that she couldn't keep herself together. Well, there, there, there's that thing too that like this is also the first movie that we see her in in a human state. All the other movies, she's in she's, she's in work mode. Robotic. She's in work yeah. mode. She's like, I got read in my book. I got to like make up everything that she does is to make up for. You know uh, everything that she's done. She's uh, looks at like the second chance that uh, that Hawkeye gave her, um, and she's just all I'm doing is just work to clear my book. But right now, mm-hmm. this movie is the first time that we see her just solely being human. Yeah, you know, and that just you know it makes that scene even more powerful when you take it in that context. Oh, absolutely. You and, and you so, even go back to the beginning, which we really didn't talk about too much. That first act where you know. Um, where she's speaking to Rhodey in, in that holographic yeah. meeting that they were having. Yeah. And he's the last one to leave. And her her first thought was, what's going on with uh, Barton? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's he's telling her all this stuff about how he's doing. She's getting so emotional and stuff. And she's like, you know what? I got to be the one to bring him back yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And we have that scene of him, which we didn't really talk about, him in, mm-hmm. what yeah. was it? In Tokyo? Japan. Tokyo, Japan, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where he's... Fully, the character Ronan, right? Yeah, just and he's just—that's all he's doing. He's just it, it, there is. He has no other purpose in his life now. Yeah, he, but he kills to, go after. to live. Exactly. That's, that's the only thing he lives for. To kill. He's got nothing. He goes else. John Wick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he literally, all he's doing is just—I see a bad guy, I'm killing a bad guy, and he's lost his humanity. And again, Black Widow, Natasha is the one that brings him back you know what i'm saying in a way it's interesting too because if you think about it he kind of comes around to the preemptive ideas of tony stark i'm gonna kill all these guys before they do any more evil stuff yep yeah that's true so that's kind of his character progression that was like visited in that scene which makes all of the natasha romanoff scenes later on and in the beginning more compelling because like you said she's kind of been a robot for most of these movies purposely and this is the only time that you start to see her really 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 show she's essentially emotion. where clint is right now they're in all, like, all her previous movies she's where clint is where it's like i need Slow to yeah, yeah. <laughs> soul for soul yeah. you know and, and that's where the second act ends this concludes part two of the avengers endgame review